As you know, I've been gone for the last couple of weeks with the team in Ghana, and Ghana was just, it's hard, <laughs> it's hot, it's exhausting, and it's beautiful and amazing and awesome, all in one. <laughs> it is such a mix of emotions. Uh, we did, in the two weeks we were there, we did 10 services. 10 services, including six nights in a row. One of those services started at 10 p.m. This, follow with me, ten, started at 10 p.m. It finished at 3.30 in the morning. And they prayed and they prayed. You need to know, for about 40 minutes, I looked on my watch, for about 40 minutes, they prayed for only you, Lifespring and Edgewood. And when they pray, they don't just go, oh, Lord Jesus. They go, Lord Jesus, we pray right now that any wall that is prayed up against them, it will be broken in the name of Jesus. We pray right now. And they just go for hour upon hour upon hour. For you, I was just amazing. My wife was really sick. And so during one of the services, they prayed for my wife. And while we were praying for her, she texted me and said, I wanted you to know I'm feeling a lot better today. And I'm like, well, duh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and then she only got better and better and better. It was just absolutely phenomenal to be a part of that. And to, uh, I, in fact, I got another text, and I can't share that text, but again, it was just a supernatural text from a guy in Nashville that I was just like, oh my goodness, God, you are incredible. So 10 services. We also spoke to uh, three different schools over four days on abstinence. And we're going to show you the pictures next Sunday. We got this great picture of literally probably 200, 300 kids underneath this tree. And we're trying to shout to these kids um, to not have sex um, before marriage. Like, it's so funny because every time you said sex, they would laugh and smile. And, but uh, just amazing uh, things going on there. We also interviewed six more pastors who want to be a part of uh, LifeSpring. And we have another church in Kumasi now. So we have two life springs in Kumasi and then the one in Accra. The pastors we are interviewing, they, we didn't accept any of them because they need to um, do schooling. So there's, all of them have about two years of schooling they still need to do, except for one lady, Pastor Mary, uh, who has actually already done her schooling. So I was able to welcome her into LifeSpring Ghana, which was very exciting. We also did three days of street evangelism. And how it went is we... We would each get partnered with a, a Ghanaian pastor or a Ghanaian uh, evangelist, and so we would just walk. So I was, it was me and Pastor David, and we would walk on the street, and there's all these shacks uh, with, you know, like, they'll, they'll sell different goods, different commodities, and so he'd go up to them, he'd talk to them in uh, their native language, which is tree, and he would kind of ask if it was okay if I shared the gospel with them, and some of them said no, but then some of them said yes, and I knew they said yes when the shop owner would go get a chair and put the chair out, and that was for me to sit in, and then I would sit in the chair, and then they would just watch me, and they'd wait for me to tell them about Jesus. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm just sitting there, and they go, go ahead. Well, in the beginning, was... <laughs> Um, it, it really, I mean, without exaggeration, that's what we did uh, for three days. Um, Cheryl did three days. The rest of us did two of the days. And then also um, we got to, this is really exciting. It's been a dream of mine since we began in Ghana. I, I got to preach at the main Foursquare Church in Ghana, uh, the general overseer or the president of Ghana. It's the, the main headquarters there. And so we got to minister there, which was phenomenal. Uh, some other things that we got to do that were really fun. I didn't get to take any pictures of it because you can't take any pictures, but we went to the office of the president of Ghana because one of the men that we were ministering with uh, his dad is the chief engineer 
for the president of Ghana, the, the chief resident engineer there. So that was wild. Like you're going through barricades. They all have AK-47s. I don't, without exaggeration, barricades this high. And, and even Maxwell, Reverend Maxwell, he goes, this is serious. <laughs> and our van broke down like six times while we were there. One of the times it broke down just happened to be behind this huge security zone, you know, at the engineer's office. I was like, what are we going to do? Because we can't call a taxi. Like, they can't just come and pick us up. But it's the engineer's office. So there were some people around there that knew a little bit about cars. They fixed us, gave us a jump. We got out of there. It was serious, but it was seriously awesome. Like, so cool. But, um, yeah, just be, be praying for them. Pray for Jacob. Jacob misses all of you. Um, if you think it's lonely to be in Africa by yourself, it is. Uh, it's probably worse than you could ever imagine uh, what that feels like to be <laughs> by yourself in that country with a different culture and a, a different way of doing things and a different way of doing life. But he's doing such a good job, church. You'd be so proud of him. You saw him in that video uh, where he's just shouting and yelling. Uh, this is the guy who, when he came to LifeSpring, he said, I don't pray out loud. I said, well, why don't you pray out loud? He goes, I prayed out loud once, and in that prayer, I swore. <laughs> he said, I don't pray. And now he's praying all the time, and he's raising up leaders so keep on praying for him. And then Cheryl is actually staying for this next week as well. She'll be there until Wednesday. So pray for her as well. But you'd be so proud of the team. Again, come next Sunday. Bring your friends. Bring your family. You're just going to hear some amazing, exciting things that God is doing. All right. Here's another sad thing. And every time I look over here, I'm just like heartbroken. Um, because we were going to baptize Katie and Riley today. But we couldn't get the pump thing working for the baptismal so right where scott and sam are sitting there was a baptismal there but it never got filled up and that was supposed to be today so lame like just totally lame if either one of you want to get baptized at the lake i'm more than willing to jump into the lake with you but uh, otherwise um kent is going to work on getting that fixed this week and we're going to see if we can do it um whenever you guys are available again but hopefully even maybe next Sunday or, or soon, because I don't want that to stop us from publicly declaring to the world that we belong to Jesus, right? So maybe we can just pray over that, pray over that this week. You know, Lord Jesus, right now we just pray that these two will get baptized, uh, that nothing is going to stop them from being baptized and telling the world that they love Jesus. We thank you that right now, Lord, they are yours, that they are yours forever, but uh, we also pray that you'd make a way for this to happen soon. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we're almost done with 1 John. Feels like we've been in 1 John for a couple of years, but uh, we're going to be in chapter 5 today. Chapter 5, I promise you, only a couple of more weeks. Chapter 5. This is part 13 on love. That's a joke because he's talking about love a lot. Thank you, Mercy. That's right, they don't laugh in Ghana either. Like, just, is it me? Is it you? It's me. <laughs> All right, everybody there to uh, chapter 5? All right, before I read this, I want to share a video with you. Um, we have really exciting news at LifeSpring. We have hired a new worship director and youth director, um, Micah Henderson, if you guys remember Micah. And so Micah is a recent grad from Christ for the Nations down in Texas. And he is going to come up. He's going to be part-time. 
uh, at 20 hours a week, but he will oversee the creative arts department and he'll also be our new youth director. And there's a video from Micah uh, just saying hi to y'all. So let's go and watch that together. Hey, good morning, LifeSpring. My name is Micah Henderson. I'm sure some of you guys know who I am. Others probably not. I was actually there a few weeks ago. I led worship there with you guys, and I just want to say how much of a blast I had. Uh, I actually used to live in the area a couple of years ago for a couple of years with my brother Adam Henderson. I'm sure a ton of you guys know who he is. He was actually the associate youth and young adults pastor there at LifeSpring Foursquare Church. Um, I was asking the Lord, Lord, just give me a word to share. And this is what I actually got. It's out of uh, Exodus 4.10. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. So that's just my prayer, that I wouldn't be coming up there with my own words, that it would be the Lord's words coming out of my mouth. And uh, basically that's it. I just wanted to reiterate how excited I am to be with you guys, and we will see you soon. Amen. And a, a couple of uh, instructions, if you have youth or if you are a youth uh, or if you have youth that want to be a part of uh, our youth group, uh, youth group as of now is uh, going to be on hiatus until he comes. And so he will be here March 12th. That's his first Sunday. So March 12th, write that down, is going to be our big kickoff for youth group. Until then, uh, so the retreat that was going to be, that is postponed. Uh, Sunday nights will be postponed. We'll postpone everything until he gets here on March 12th. And we'll kick it off again March 12th. Good deal? All right, let's see what God has to say. Verse 1, chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments, they are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, hallelujah, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I just have a few things to talk about and discuss regarding this passage. He writes that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So if you want to be a child of God, if you want to be in the family of God, if you want to dwell in his house, you have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You've got to believe in Jesus. So the idea is this. You find God by believing in Jesus. And that's just so radically different than how most of humanity has tried to find God throughout history. There was always this idea of a quest, right? Where you have to do a bunch of good things or follow certain rituals or do the, uh, just the right procedures to find God. A step-by-step -step approach to finding God. And yet, here in the New Testament, we're, we're found that God is found by us, not in what we do, not in how we do it, but instead, how do we find God? We find God by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. That's so good. When, when we simply believe that Jesus is who he said he is, we find God. 
We become children of God. We're born into his family. And then as his child, as one who's been born of God, born into his family, we love the Father, but we also love his children. Scripture lets us know that. John says that we know that we love the children of God with two things, when we love God and when we obey his commandments. So we find God through believing in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. But now we're told that those who believe in Jesus, those who are born of God, those who are a part of his family, we follow his commandments. Oh, so there is a list of rituals. There are some procedures. There are some policies that we've been looking for. I knew it. You got to follow these commands, right? Well, what are these commands? Give them to me. Give me the rules. Give me the policies, procedures for being a part of the family of God. What animals do I have to kill? What sacrifices do I have to perform? Maybe give me a list of foods I can't eat. Maybe give me a list of foods that I cannot eat. Just tell me what I got to do to approach God and to find God to dwell in his house and be in his family forever. But this is where Christianity separates itself from every other religion in the world. There is a commandment for us to follow. If you do not follow it, I would check your heart on whether you're a Christian or not. But this is the commandment, to love one another. Let's say that together. Love one another. John 13, 34, Jesus says this. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. John 15, verse 12, my command is this. Oh, you have a command. What is your command, Jesus? Love each other as I have loved you. Another part in John, he says, hey, if you love me, keep my commands. Love one another. This is his commandment. But if this is his great commandment, that means no animal sacrifices, no pamphlet of policies, rules, and procedures. It's just loving others. That's what the God of the universe, the creators of heaven and earth, commands us to do. He just wants us to love others as he has loved us, to love one another. And if we truly follow him, if we truly call him not just Savior, but also Lord, my master, the one who I serve, if we follow him as King and Lord, the name that is above all names, if he really is who he says he is, and we actually put our faith and belief in who he is, then we're going to do what he asks us to do. We are going to obey this command. Now, if I was God which is a scary thought. Um, I don't know if that's the command that I would give to my people. But Jesus, who actually is God, praise God, who is called the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name that is above all names, who Matthew says that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, this Jesus, this King, he has commanded us, and he could have commanded us to do anything again, but he has commanded us. And this great command, this great edict, this proclamation, declaration is for us, for those in his kingdom, to love one another. And then he says, John writes, he says, and this commandment is not burdensome. Not burdensome. Don't forget the not. Because in our flesh, I don't know about you, that one kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Have you ever tried to love someone in your own flesh, in your own strength? It is extremely burdensome. Loving others, I would say it's not just hard, it's impossible. You see this in our world, right? Just look at our world right now, all over the world. Maybe you see it in your workplace, maybe you see it in the school that you attend, maybe you see it in your own home. When people try to love others by their own willpower, just muscle up enough strength to love another person, it never works. Love is impossible in your own strength. But today, the great thing about today is that most of us in this room, we're Christians. 
We're, we're Christians. We, we believe in Jesus. We follow Jesus. And so we don't love as the world loves, right? We don't love from our own strength. No, we love with the very love of God. Hallelujah. Now John, he's shown us in the first four chapters that being a Christian is all about believing in Jesus, putting faith in Jesus. We've said that again and again and again. But as you put your faith in Jesus, we're now children of God. We've said that again and again and again. Who's, who you are, you are a child of God. But also, John reminds us that we're in an abiding relationship with God. So I don't have to go to a mountain to find God. I am with God right now. God is with me. I am within. It's a living, breathing, moving a relationship with God where the actual spirit of God is inside of you. An abiding relationship with God. Now, out of that abiding relationship with God, what flows out of you? You begin to love others. But all of that love, it comes from the fact that God is in you. God is in you. He says in John chapter 4, or 1 John chapter 4, he says that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do you believe that God is in you? I'm going to ask you, just because sometimes I say it and I don't want you to answer it. This time I actually want you to answer. So do you believe that God is in you? Yes, yes absolutely. Right? And if you call yourself a Christian, right, you know that God is in you. But I find with some of the people that I encounter in my life and, and, and I get to meet and, and go out uh, for coffee with every once in a while, some, some of these people, they say it, but I don't think they believe it, right? We quote the Christianese, right? We've memorized the phrase that the Holy Spirit is inside of me, and yet we don't believe it. And yet the Bible is clear. Second Peter 1.3 tells us his divine power has given you everything you need for a godly life. The Bible tells us that God, he's going to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine all by God's divine power that is at work. Where, where is it at work? It is at work in you. The Bible says, for God has given us a spirit, but it is not a spirit of fear, but it's a spirit of what? Of power, of love, and self-control. So every one of us who call ourselves Christians who have put our faith in Jesus, we have been given that gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. God gave us the Spirit. So he gave, meaning we received, right? He gave the gift. We received the gift. We did not, some of you need to hear this, we did not receive the gift of fear from God. We did not receive the gift of fear from God. Yes, we received, but what did we receive? We received a spirit of what? Power, love, and self-control. And so this means as you abide in him and he abides in you, what gets expressed in you, what gets expressed through you is the power of God, the love of God, and a self-control that only God's spirit can give to you. Now, did you notice he gives you a spirit of love? Just think about that, a spirit of love. You might need this one taped to the ceiling of your bedroom so when you wake up, the first thing that you will see is God has given me a spirit of love. Anyone else need that boost in the morning? Right? God, you have given me the spirit of love. And that means you can love others because God's spirit is in you. And it's a spirit of love. That means you can keep this great king of kings and lord of lords and name above all names. You can keep his commandment because God's spirit of love is in you. Cameron preached on love a couple of Sundays ago. Wayne preached on love last Sunday. In Cameron's message, he quotes 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. It says, whoever does not love does not know God. Man, that's kind of harsh. 
Let's read it again. See if it's harsher the second time or maybe a little less harsh. Whoever does not love does not know God. That's still harsh. Wow. Uh, whoever does not, maybe the third time, whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. See, if you don't love, you don't know God. It's impossible to know God without love. I want to explain it this way. And hopefully we're, we're receiving what the Lord is trying to say this morning. The only way you tr truly know God, and we all want to know God, and the only way to know God is if you put your faith in Jesus, if you put your faith and belief in Jesus as the Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus, when you trust him as Lord, God comes inside of you, right? The Holy Spirit uh, takes residence in you. You abide in him. He abides in you. And hallelujah, you know God. And when God is in you, his spirit of love is in you. And if God's spirit of love is inside of you, then you love others. You love because God, who is love, lives inside of you. If God does not live inside of you, you cannot love. But if God, the spirit of love, is inside of you, you can love others. Again, you do not have the spirit of fear living inside of you. Now, the spirit of fear, by the way, is very real. The spirit of fear is all around us. We can even kind of take hold of it, can't we? We can kind of grab it and make it our own. The spirit of fear, it can make you do all sorts of things. The spirit of fear it can make you do just about everything and anything except love one another. But you are a Christian. You do not have the spirit of fear inside of you. You have the spirit of God. And when God is in you, love is in you. And by the way, when God's love is in you, it's not some powerless love. It's not some ooey-gooey emotional love. It is not just a love that sounds like love, right? Just a bunch of words. No, the love that God has given you, it is a power-packed, supernatural love. It's a love that is more than just your words. It is love in your actions and in truth. Remember that? We preached that a couple of months ago. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, he's talking to us. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And so by God's powerful spirit inside of you, you can love your brother. By God's powerful spirit of truth and love inside of you, you can love your sister. In fact, you can even love your enemies. You can love those who persecute you. You can love those whose sole aim is to cause you harm. You can love them all by the love of Christ that is inside of you. He has loved you, and as he has loved you, you're going to love one another, not just with your words, not just with a bunch of meaningless talk, but you're going to love in actions, and you're going to love in truth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Remember who you are, LifeSpring. Remember who you are. The world's not going to tell you. That's why church is so important. Let the word of God, the spirit of God, and the family of God remind you of who you are. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. You are the one who right now, even as I speak, as you're sitting there, I mean, just visually, I see it right now. As you're sitting there, there's this beautiful, precious, perfect, abiding relationship that each one of you has with your maker. I mean, does that just give you goosebumps? Does anyone else just kind of be like, oh my goodness, I do not deserve it, and yet I am going to receive it because right now I'm sitting here in this chair with an abiding relationship with my Creator. His residence is in you. The Bible says His residence is in you, and as He is in you, there's so many descriptions of the Holy Spirit and who He is, right? I mean, He teaches you, He guides you, He corrects you, disciplines you, He trains you up. 
And as you live this way, as you give him permission to live inside of you, the power of God begins to move inside of you and begin to change you and begin to transform you. And you actually begin to see in your life the power, the very power of God to love the world as Christ has loved me. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. If each of us woke up every morning, not in our hurt or our offense or in our fear, but actually woke up filled with his love, it would radically change our neighborhood. In life spring, I just want to encourage you in this. We can actually do this. We can. You know, I, I found as a kid, I always thought, the idea of like someday. But as I read scripture now, I always see today. Like today, we can do this. We can actually love as he loves us. You can actually live a life for God where God is expressed in you and through you, where the spirit is so alive, so healthy in you that the fruit of the Spirit just begins to be displayed and the fruit of the Spirit is just dripping all over you. You got love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, even some self-control, all because the Spirit of God and the Spirit of love is inside of you, is having, your, having His way in your life. And I know you can do it because I'm already in so many relationships with people where I, I see how they're living and And they're living this way. I saw the team in Ghana. I saw how they loved others with the very love of God. There's so many reasons not to be loving in that kind of environment. There's a thousand excuses for being unloving towards others. And there's a thousand excuses in America, right? Anywhere you go, there's excuses, reasons why you you wouldn't love other people. And yet every morning, we got together, we opened our Bibles, we read the Bible together, we did daily devotions and we prayed to God and every morning the Lord gave us exactly what we needed by his spirit and he always faithfully gave us the power to love other people see the Christian life is not some religion that just sets you up for failure the Christian life is not just a list of rules that you'll eventually break the Christian life is an active, living, breathing, abiding relationship with the God of the universe where you learn every day how to live by His Spirit and how to lean on His power where you learn how to love with His love. Now, we're all at different stages on this journey of love. I I think it is a journey, and there are stages on this spectrum of spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity meaning how well we listen to and follow the Holy Spirit instead of listening to and following our sinful nature. On this spectrum, we're all at different points in the process. But regardless of where you find yourself today, God, by His Spirit, He wants to fill you up right now. Like right now. Like right now. Like religion, you don't get filled up in religion. But you get filled up in the presence of God. And God's presence is here. Right? This, this is who He is and what He does. As he fills his children up with his very spirit. When we talk about victory in Jesus, that's part of the victory that we have in Jesus. It's a victory, by the way, that overcomes the world. And it's a victory, by the way, that overcomes fear. It overcomes fear. Listen to verses 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? 
but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And church, if we believe and just trust that Jesus is the Son of God and we actually obey what he says, right? I will obey your commandments. Man, the things that we would see in this world. And again, he says, my commandments are not burdensome. This is not, like when you hear a message on love, you don't go, oh, wow, like that's impossible. You can do it. Like right now, today, by, on your own, impossible, miserable, you will fail, right? But by the power of God inside of you. This is not a message for tomorrow. This is a message for today. It is not burdensome. It is simple. Love others as he has loved you. Again, it's impossible to love in your own strength. I think we've all tried that before. I've tried that. I've tried that. But God never intended for his children to try to love other people in our own strength. Like, think of it this way. That was never a part of the design. That was never a part of his plan. You were never meant to try to love another person on your own. Again, it's the most miserable way to live the Christian life. It's impossible. But you don't have to live that way any longer. Because when you became a Christian, the Spirit of God came into your life. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. And His Spirit inside of you, it's God's like marvelous way of letting you know that you're not alone. It's this just special, beautiful, precious gift that He gives to you to say, you know what? I haven't abandoned you. I haven't forsaken you. In fact, I'm with you. Not only am I with you, but see, the Holy Spirit wants to remind you. He said, but I am perfect. I am blameless. I radiate the love of God. I'm in you, here to teach you, here to help you, here to lead you. I'm here to empower you. I'm here to give you power. The Spirit of God is inside of you right now at 948 in the morning. He is here to give you power. Not just power to like lift up small buildings and jump over whatever the Superman story says. No, He actually gives you the power to love another human being. And when he gives you the power to love another human being, the excuses for not loving another human being, they have all gone. The excuses are gone. There are no more excuses for me being unloving. Now, in our flesh, in our flesh, which seems to be pretty healthy, but in our flesh, we'll always have an excuse for not loving other people because people say and do extremely hurtful and mean things. In this room right now, we have all said and done things. I have said and done terrible things. And you can use what others have said or what others have done as an excuse for why you don't love them. You have the right and you can always choose to live your life in that way. And many people do. Or you can choose to follow Christ. Christ whom the Bible says dwells richly in us. Christ, who is always ready to give us his love for other people, regardless of what they've said, regardless of what they've done. He is always willing. He is faithfully always willing to give us his love for them. What is that love? Remember the love of Jesus? Remember how amazing his love is? And that's why you just never stop reading the Bible. Because you can read a passage about his love, and then you read it for the thousandth and second time, and you're like, oh my Lord, your love is bigger than the oceans. It's deeper than the, oh, your love. 
Who could comprehend? Who could ever dive into the depths of your love? Listen to this. 1 John 3.16. It's a great verse. Memorize this one. We've all memorized John 3.16. And sometimes when you memorize verses, the hardest part to memorize is the dang reference, right? Like we remember the verse, but the reference always gets us. This one is easy because all you have to do is put the, the, the number 1 before John 3.16. Uh, memorize 1 John 3.16. This is Jesus' love for us. He says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. You know, the Bible also says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That one always overwhelms me a little bit. It's the idea that while we were still his enemies, hostile towards him, while we were cursing him, while we were spitting on him, while we were killing him, he loved us. He loved us. And you and I, we are to love others with that same radical, selfless love. I quote Ephesians 5.25 in every wedding that I perform. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And I'll tell the man, you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And how much did Christ love the church? He loved it so much that he died for it. God is reminding us today that he will always give us the power, the power by his spirit to love with that same radical love. I've noticed in my own life as I've learned how to love others with his love. And again, it's a journey. I'm in process just like the rest of you. But as I have grown in loving others with his love, that is when I've seen true victory in my life. Victory, church. See, as we love others with the love of God, we actually begin to be set free. We begin to see victory in our lives. We can actually rise up as overcomers in Christ Jesus. The people around us lose their influence on us. We become free. And as ones who are victorious in Jesus, free in Jesus, we find, I found this to be true, that no one can keep me from loving them. No one can keep me from loving them. And boy, do they try sometimes. But that is the great power that we have as Christians. Our King, Jesus, he modeled this so well on the cross. Do you remember? Like his very last words, like to, to the end, he cried out and he said from this incredible, intense place of selfless love, he said, do you remember what he said? He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. What an intense love. Well, maybe that's just a Jesus thing. Maybe only Jesus could do that. No. Do you remember Stephen? Stephen is stoned to death. Before he is stoned, it says he fell to his knees. He didn't fall to his knees just because he's really spiritual. He fell to his knees because rocks are being thrown at him. And he cries out. Listen to what he said. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. We will be known by our love. Remember who you are and whose you are and not by your own power. Right? Do not love by your own power but by the power of God who lives inside of you. He is love. It's who he is. It's his very core. It's his unchanging divine nature. He is love. He abides in you and as he lives in you, you're going to learn. He's going to grow you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to challenge you. He's going to teach you how to lean not on your own strength but on his strength, on his love, on his power and more and more day by day. That's why I love being alive that I'm still changing. I'm still growing and when I'm 80, watch out when I'm 80 because I'm going to have decades upon decades of the Holy 
Spirit within me, showing me and teaching me, Dan, you love that person. Though you want to curse them, you love them. And I want to close with this. That there are relationships in this world that can become dangerous. Where it becomes an unsafe place for you to love another person in close proximity. That happens. But even if you have to separate yourself from another person, and you're going to have to make that call, right? No one else can make that call for you. But you still have to talk to the Lord. You have to have a serious conversation with the Lord that he might keep your heart softened toward that person where you can still love them with the love of Christ. Earlier in the letter, John gives a great warning and he says, we must never allow our hearts to grow closed toward another person. And again, there's people in our lives who've done terrible things, things that are not okay, things that are unjustifiable, that are wrong in every way. But we still, even in those moments, need to remember who we are and whose we are. I'd also say this. There is a spirit of the Antichrist in this world today. And I don't talk a lot about that kind of stuff. But there is a spirit of the world. And you're going to come up against that spirit a whole lot. Right? It's just kind of all around us. And when you're walking on this earth and you encounter that spirit, do not combat evil with evil. Do not fight hate with hate. And do not match fear with fear. Allow the Holy Spirit, the living God, to fill you up, to give you His supernatural strength to love one another. I want to invite the worship team up, and we're going to sing a song. But the power of love, it is a right that each one of us has as a Christian. It is the privilege that each one of us has as a Christian. The supernatural love that you have been given in the mighty name of Jesus. It is your right to claim today. And nothing is going to separate you from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. But as He has loved you, I believe this church, you can and you will love others. You can and you will love others. You're going to live the victorious life. You're going to live the life of an overcomer in the mighty name of Jesus. All by the Spirit of God that is inside of you. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that there are no more steps that have to be taken right now for you to fill us up. There's not a list of procedures or rituals. There is no animal sacrifice. Right now, because of Jesus, we are in the Holy of Holies. Right now, we are the living stones which make up the temple of God. Right now, we are in an abiding, living, breathing relationship with you. So God, I just pray for those who need a fresh filling of your spirit, a fresh anointing and touch by your spirit, that you would right now fill them up. We believe that, God, as we call upon you, Lord. You are not off in some distant mountain or distant valley or some other country. Right now you are present here with us. And we believe we can call upon your name. And as we call upon you, Lord, you hear our cry. You are faithful to answer our cry. And Lord, we are asking you, we are pleading with you 
that life spring might be a place where your spirit flows that this would truly be a place a life spring where waters would be rushing through the doors waters would be rushing through our streets waters living waters life-giving waters would be rushing through our homes through our workplaces through our schools and lord we believe that your spirit flows through your sons and your daughters the spirit flows through your family and so god i want the spirit to flow in my life i want the river of god to flow in my life as for me and my house we shall serve the lord and i pray that over this church lord there are so many beautiful people in this church there are amazing people in this church and lord i pray for anyone who's been trying to do this life on their own strength that right now they could wave the white flag of surrender they could yield again and they could say no you know what my will and my plans and my purposes they aren't working so today i bow before my king i kneel before my maker and i say your plans your will your purposes for my life your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so lord i just thank you that even now even now you are responding to that cry you are responding to our need you are responding to some people in this room they're exhausted they are exhausted lord i see it in their countenance lord they are so discouraged they are so depressed and yet they are fearfully and wonderfully made. They are beautiful people. And you have plans for them, God. You have created before the foundations of this world good works for them to do. And I pray that the enemy would no longer have power in their lives. The enemy and the strongholds of Satan would no longer have any power in their lives. That they could call upon you, Jesus, and you would give them victory. That they might be overcomers all in you, Jesus Christ. I pray that any chain that any person brought into this house, no one would have to walk out of this place carrying those chains any longer. That this would be a place, this would be the dump for chains. We're just going to leave them here, Lord. You know what to do with them you're going to take care of them if you recycle you'll recycle them but do whatever you need to do that no one is going to leave this place carrying the chains that they came into this place with lord that as we put our faith in you jesus as faith rises up we will be overcomers victorious in you jesus i pray that over this place lord i pray that over this room lord that we might be living stones where the very spirit of god dwells we thank you for that jesus we thank you lord thank you god Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.